Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Fighting God. It's the all-out battle for dominion, and it's taking place even as we speak, not only in the United States of America, but in the whole Western Hemisphere and then around the world. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to see how this is taking place, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, as always, talk that transforms. The problem is with truth, even as we talk about science. Science is no longer a matter of truth. It's not a matter of a pretense of truth. It's actually more a matter of justifying that which is contrary to what the Creator has declared. And so we're going to see how that is taking place, and I'm glad, as always, that you have joined us. It's always a a pleasure to come before you here on Viewpoint to talk about the things that matter most. Now, we're not talking about taxes. We're not even talking about COVID today. We're not talking about uh, anything other than ultimate issue of our time, and that is the issue of authority. It's interesting that, if you'll recall, when Jesus came to the planet uh, in the fullness of time to deliver a message from the Creator, from the Father, uh, to first to the Jewish people, salvation is of the Jews, and then also to the world, as he spoke, the people began to sense something very different. It wasn't just the message that was different. It was the the nature of the messenger. Because the people said he didn't speak like the scribes. He didn't speak like the Pharisees. He didn't speak like the Sadducees. He didn't speak like they did. He didn't speak like the usual religious priests of the day. He spoke as one with authority and not as the scribes. He spoke as one with authority Now, what's the difference? What's the difference between speaking religiously and speaking as one with authority? Well, the difference, the primary difference is that you actually know what you're talking about. You actually know. It's not just a matter of information. It's not just a matter of what you can be persuaded of in your mind or in your flesh. No, it's a matter of what you actually know to be true. And you not only know it cognitively in your mind, you know it deep in your spirit. You actually know it. In fact, you don't just know the information. You know the one who has created the information, the one who sustains the information. You know God himself. You remember the Apostle Paul talked about to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fullness of his suffering, to know him and the power of his resurrection, to know him. You see, the Bible doesn't talk about knowing about God. It never, never lifts up knowing about God. 
What we're told to do is to know him, to know God. You see, belief in God has been part of our problem. In fact, for 20-some years now, I've been saying that belief in God has actually been a problem for America. Why? Because we convinced ourselves that by believing in God, we accomplished what God desired. Actually, by believing in God, but refusing to believe him, you actually create the greatest resistance to him. And that's why the Bible encourages us not to believe in God, but to believe him. So here's the threshold question before we launch into the deep here today about governments fighting God. Are you fighting God? Now, don't answer too quickly. Because if to believe God rather than just believe him is really what God is after, then to the extent that I don't believe him, am I not fighting God? You can see where that would be a tremendous problem for us because it creates an authority crisis. Our real problem is an authority crisis, isn't it? Not whether the governor, not whether the president is authority, not even whether the Constitution is authority, but whether God is the ultimate authority. And if I compete with God, then I actually am asserting my authority as co-equal with his, aren't I? Am I not? And isn't that exactly what Satan did that caused the fall? He had rebelled against God and asserted his authority as co-equal with God's, so he said, I will ascend to the heights of the north. I will be like the Most High God. And then, as if that were not enough, he choreographed the first created beings, Adam and Eve, to do the same thing and to diss what God had said, not in whole, but in part. Admitting what God had said, but then choosing to do otherwise, is to elevate one's viewpoint or one's authority as co-equal to or even exceeding that of God. Now, with that having been said, you see, we have a real serious authority problem in our country and all over the world. Ultimately, that is the preeminent issue of our times and all time, the authority crisis. So let's take a look at how governments themselves are fighting God. An article came out just the other day. It begins with this title, You Are Fighting God. Why did that title come out? Because YouTube pounced on the Bible as hate speech. Yes, you heard that correctly. YouTube this week determined a sermon from popular Christian leader and pastor John MacArthur out there in California as hate speech for stating both biblical precept and scientific fact. So stating what the Bible said, what God said, and even what science says as Hate speech is to elevate YouTube's authority, that is, those who are running YouTube, 
those who are acting on behalf of it as an institution are declaring themselves equal to or superseding the authority of God. So according to columnist Todd Starnes, YouTube removed the clip concerning John MacArthur and what he said and sent him, that is Todd Starnes, a message saying that the pastor's sermon was hate speech. The big tech player, YouTube, said, our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our hate speech policy, so we remove the following content from YouTube. What content is that? We'll have to talk about it when we get back. You're listening to Viewpoint, friends, but are you in danger or have already removed content that God has spoken? Are we fighting God? We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Fighting God, it's the ultimate authority crisis of our time and of all time. And in fact, it is increasing in its arrogancy, its brazenness. It is becoming the premier issue of this moment in time. Not COVID, but the authority crisis. Declaring ourselves equal to or superseding God, the creator. So what is it that YouTube decided to censor, which is what they did? They censored what John MacArthur, Pastor John MacArthur out there in California, had said in his sermon. What did he say in his sermon that they determined to be hate speech? Well, here it is. There is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY chromosomes. That's it, said Pastor John MacArthur. There is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. By the way, that is true. That's scientific, isn't it? If you really want to follow the science, that's scientific. Or is it we just want to follow the science when it seems convenient? or when we can twist the science to conform to our own desires. So Todd Starnes went on to explain about John MacArthur, pastor of the Grace Community Church, and his messages that are broadcast on hundreds of radio stations across the country, also a best-selling author and a member of the evangelical community. But his message on Sunday was part of a nationwide campaign to draw attention to another assault on God. A nationwide campaign to draw attention to Canadian legislation that would silence pastors on the LGBT issues. 
That law in Canada actually threatens pastors who speak biblical or even scientific messages about the LGBT agenda with five years in prison. In other words, you either shut up or we'll shut you up. You either shut up about what God says about any issue that we don't want to hear about or we're going to throw you in prison. But in fact, science confirms that people are either male or female, and that's embedded in the body right down to the DNA level. That's science. And no amount of mutilations can change that, even though Israel has just voted to pay for voice change surgery for those who want to claim transgender switching. You heard it correctly. Israel. The Knesset. So with its action, YouTube then affirmed the Canadian law by banning any opposition to transgenderism on their platform. You dare not say anything that agrees with science or that agrees with the Bible or off with your head politically. Off with your head. We will take your head out of your congregation and place it in our prison where you will not have a voice to speak. Now, MacArthur went on to explain there's no such thing as transgender. As he said, you're either XX or XY. That's it. God made men male and female, and that's determined genetically. That's physiology. That is science. That is reality. But friends, if you have your own reprobate mind that you have decided to submit to, and you have succumbed to the reprobate spirit of our age, then science is irrelevant. Physiology is irrelevant. The DNA becomes irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what you choose to believe. What you want to believe, not what is true, not what is right, not what is biblical, not what is consistent with what God as creator has said. No, you become your own creator. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 1. You'll remember that. What he said talks about when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. In other words, they lifted themselves up as co-equal to God or actually demeaned God to their own level. Created gods in their own image, like we've been doing. And so... He says, their foolish hearts then become darkened. Their foolish hearts become darkened. And they give themselves over to all kinds of perversion and distortion of truth, of reality, of decency. And then he begins to describe what that looks like. Men giving themselves selves over to men as they would in nature and under God's design to women, women 
engaged in the same kind of behavior with themselves as they are ordained to do with men. In other words, violating, defying the creative creation ordinance of God. So these issues properly understood regarding sex, regarding transgenderism, regarding homosexuality, regarding same-sex marriage, regarding bestiality, regarding any of these actual issues, uh, pedophilia, all of them, they are all expressions of a reprobate mind. Now, it is true, it is, it is honestly true that there are people who actually feel at a particular time like they are, shall we say, drawn to another sex, the same sex. Or they may feel for a while like they have feminine characteristics or male characteristics in the wrong body. Well, you may feel very, very angry so much you want to kill somebody. But when you act out on the feelings, that's when the real problem and the fur starts to fly, right? So why are we justifying feelings as lording it over truth? Because we want to. Because we've decided we want to, and what has brought that about? A reprobate mind gradually drifting away from recognizing God as God, glorifying him as God, and recognizing him as the ultimate authority and his word as the ultimate authority. And by the way, we're going to see where John MacArthur himself has a problem. We'll talk about that just in a moment. On the very same issue of authority. He may not see it that way, but I believe that's exactly what it is. But MacArthur goes on to say, this notion that you're something other than your biology is a cultural construct intended as an assault on God. The only way you can address it, honestly, is to say, God made you, and God made you exactly the way he wanted you to be. You're not only fighting God in his physical creation, you're fighting God in his sovereignty. You're fighting God in his spiritual relationship to you. This, he said, is a war on God. So we could actually title this program War on God. We might call it all-out war on God. We could call it governments fighting God. We could call it the all-out battle for for dominion. But ultimately, it's an authority crisis. That's really the issue. If we don't call it what it is, then we miss the real problem. So MacArthur went on to say the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. I agree with him. 
Then Todd Starnes warned, and it won't be very long before the sex and gender revolutionaries target the source of our beliefs, the Holy Bible. He said, I foresee a day in American history where Bibles could be confiscated or rewritten to affirm the LGBTQIA lifestyle. Friends, that's happening in China. It is. Jenna Ellis, special counsel for the Thomas More Society, who successfully fought on behalf of Pastor MacArthur when Los Angeles ordered his church to shut down during the pandemic, said the big tech oligarchy in the United States is implementing the equivalent of Canada's insane law by censoring truth and the right of pastors to teach the Bible. If Americans, she said, don't stop big tech, this new regime will circumvent the Constitution to foreclose our fundamental rights to speak and exercise religion and the impact will be devastating. It's already devastating. Over the past 75 years or so, our country has gradually, and by the way, it's like a snowball uh, gaining momentum and also mass, that it is now virtually crushing everything in its path. This is not something that's gradually taking place now. It's taking place speedily. So, MacArthur choreographed thousands of Christian pastors across North America on Sunday who warned their congregations about a new movement that includes a law that blatantly describes biblical morality as a myth. Biblical morality as a myth. But again, the issue is not whether biblical morality is a myth or not. The issue is authority. Who has the authority to determine whether it's a myth or not? Who has the authority to declare that it's a myth? When you do that, you have actually arrogated yourself to equal authority with whoever wrote the Bible. or even greater authority. So the fight is over a bill, a Canadian bill, C-4, adopted by Canadian lawmakers with little discussion recently, and it established a legal ban on what is called conversion therapy. It has been made a derogatory term by LGBT activists, but it actually encompasses a wide range of counseling options that people use to have to deal with unwanted same-sex feelings. Not facts, feelings. The law in Canada, which took effect only days ago, prompted an initiative by Liberty Coalition Canada that was prompted promoted by MacArthur and more than 4,000 Christian pastors publicly protested the law. The fast-tracked Canadian law openly defies biblical history and teaching, as well as science, denouncing those teachings as a myth and imposing a potential five-year jail sentence for failing to align counseling events with the politically correct LGBT agenda. In other words, you have to tell a lie. You have to agree with the LGBT 
Q and so on uh, agenda that this is not just a feeling. This is a fact. You are a true and legitimate sodomizer or homosexual or lesbian, and that's just who you are and scientifically who you are, and you actually were created that way to be that way, and that's what the head of, I believe it was Microsoft, not Bill Gates. I want to be careful here. No, Apple. The head of Apple, who is an open, notorious homosexual, declared that it was the greatest blessing he could have ever had to be a homosexual. So, we're engaged in this war against God. It's easy for us to see it at the governmental level. It's easy for us to see it at the YouTube level. But how about when it comes down to our level? We'll be there back. There's so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. The war against God, an authority crisis that is coming to a monumental head even across so-called democratic nations. In fact, a major part of the problem is in so-called democratic nations, 28 of them. It's an authority crisis. We used to talk about Christian Europe. That doesn't fit anymore, not even close. We used to talk about Christian America, but that is not fitting very much anymore. People used to talk about Christian Canada, but that is not fitting anymore. Where do we fit? We fit in the war against God. You could call it culture versus Christ. Or you could call it government versus God. At any event, it is an authority crisis. The attorney, uh, Jenna, said, I believe our government is capitalizing on a political expedient segment of its constituency in effort to further dismantle Western civilization as we know it. To do this, it must outlaw its very foundation, which is rooted in a Judeo-Christian worldview. So the Canadian bill, C4, is another brick 
laid in this effort and is evidence that our government is under the judgment of God. Now, if you're going to war against God, you're going to become under the judgment of God. So MacArthur went on to say that the government simply is setting itself up to impose persecution on Christians. Do you see how this works? First of all, you have a culture war that increasingly dismisses God and elevates itself and reposes the trust that should have been placed in God in a godless government. So you must remove all references to God and any re- any deference to God in government publications, in government references, because, well, because we don't want God to be authority. We want to be the authority. So in reality, the so-called culture wars were really a growing war of the people and its their culture versus God. It's as simple as that. But ultimately, it's an all-out battle for dominion. An all-out battle for dominion, and that's where the persecution comes in. You see, once the culture is ordained as the final arbiter of truth, it then gains authority that it reposes in its godless government to take dominion over anyone who disagrees. And that is where the persecution comes in. That's where it's come in in uh, China. And we're following very, very rapidly in the footsteps of China, if you don't know that. Albert Moeller, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is the flagship school of the Southern Baptist Convention, said, quote, Right now, in this turning point between 2021 and 2022, we see the shape of the challenge coming to the Christian church even more clearly and even more ominously. We are about to find out where the biblical Christians are on both sides of the Atlantic or on both sides of the American-Canadian border. He said the LGBT movement, if it is successful in its campaign to persuade governments to restrict what is said about the same-sex agenda, eventually they will target even the gospel of Jesus Christ itself in the Bible. Eventually it means the criminalization of whatever Christian speech is no longer politically attractive. In other words, politically correct. And that eventually will mean everything that is revealed in Scripture, most essentially, the gospel of Jesus Christ itself. That's where it's going. Now, you don't have to go to John MacArthur. You don't have to go to... Albert Moeller, how about Gerald Murray, the priest of the Archdiocese of New York? He said on Tuesday that he sees a growing hostility to the teachings of Christianity in the United States, citing social issues such as gender identity, gay, marriage, and abortion as examples. He said, we have this whole gender fluidity problem in the United States. You know, 
people claiming to be transgender going from male to female and vice versa. He said, Christianity, the major religion in the United States, teaches that you are what God made you. The Catholic Church, for instance, is quite clear. He said, there's no such thing as same-sex marriage. Abortion is immoral. All these things are always getting under the skin of left-wing activists who have a lot of influence now. He went on to say, here we have the scandal of a Catholic president of the United States who is a proud supporter of abortion. The priest went on to say, where even Catholics in influential positions turned against the church lead to rational conclusion that religion and religious doctrine is being deprecated, fought against, and used to basically marginalize the whole part of America, and we must resist that, he said. You see, it's coming everywhere. Again, the question, though, is, do we just look at this issue through one end of the tunnel, so to speak, through one end of the, the culture scope, and we see them out there? We see them out there. You know, the ubiquitous they? That's everybody other than us on this side of the tunnel, on this side of the scope. But how about what they see on this side of the scope, or even more appropriately, what God sees on this side of the tunnel, on this side of the scope, even as we look out there and see the cultural depravity, we see the war against God, and so on. Is there a similar kind of war against God going on in our own lives, in our churches, Yes, even our evangelical churches. We need to talk about that if we're going to be honest, don't we? Otherwise, if we reject that conversation, we are acting exactly like Canada or the whole LGBTQ movement everywhere. We're acting just like them because we don't want to hear what we don't want to hear. Hmm. Oh. That's the reason, friends, why what we do here on Viewpoint is so unbelievably difficult. Because people don't want to hear what they don't want to hear. They want to hear and become a cheerleader of one side of the culture war against another but they don't want to hear God's viewpoint concerning our side of the culture war. That we ourselves are guilty of sin in many, many different ways in resisting God, in dissing what he says, in elevating our own viewpoints over his authority. We've got a problem. John MacArthur himself has a problem in that regard. When he comes out and boldly disses what the Apostle Paul says concerning the spiritual gifts. He says they're out for today. The Apostle Paul says they are. So what do you say? 
John MacArthur says, no, they all passed away with the apostles. On what basis does he say that? There's no basis in the Bible for saying that. You have to create it. Especially when the Apostle Paul emphasizes that the gifts are for today. Just because you don't know and you're not experiencing them and because you haven't decided to agree with what the Bible says concerning those, does that mean that they're not there, that they're not for today, or that you can call them the presence of the devil? Are you beginning to get my point? We've got some serious problems in God's own house, and we don't see it. We don't see that we're also engaging in a kind of war against the God, against the Bible. When John MacArthur goes out and says so boldly that the gifts are not for today, what he's basically saying is they're a myth. But he doesn't see that. Reminds me of a a phrase that I learned when I was a kid as we would read the uh, Bread of Life little cards uh, every evening as a family. We'd pull out these little cards from the Bread of Life uh, plastic container on the table. On one side was a scripture verse, and on the other side was a quotation. One of those quotations that I will never forget is, Would to God the gift to give us to see ourselves as others see us. Would that God the gift to give us to see ourselves as others see us. You know, I I tell you, I think about that all the time. Because I don't want to be seen as a hypocrite. I don't want to be seen as one who projects one message and then disses the rest of the message in some other way in my own life. And I'm quite sure you don't want to be seen that way either. I'm quite sure you don't want to be that way either. But friends, we are. That's the problem. To what extent are we actually setting ourselves up as lords to create our own interpretations of what God has so clearly said? We'll have to talk more about that when we get back. So tighten your seatbelt. This is Viewpoint. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We're dealing with an ultimate subject here today on Viewpoint. It's greater than any other subject we could possibly talk about, and that's the authority crisis in our world, in our own hearts, in our own lives. It's not just about governments fighting God. It's not just about culture wars. It's about our war. It's about humankind's war against God's authority. And that's what Adam and Eve faced in the garden, isn't it? Satan appeared to Eve and he said, hath God said. Those are the three most important words in the Bible. Hath God said. Right there in Genesis chapter 3. Right after creation, right after the first marriage, then hath God said. Why are those three words so important? Because they set the stage for the rest of the Bible, for understanding the need for the gospel, the need for Christ's coming, because he was the word of God made flesh to dwell among us so that we might see the reality of the Father's truth fleshed out in living color right in front of us to, to make the crooked places straight, the rough places uh, plain. Yeah, that's what he did. And he's coming back soon. And he's not coming back for a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. He's not going to come back for a bride that disses his word in whole or in part. That says, yes, that's what God said, but that's what, that's what uh, uh, Eve said in the garden, isn't it? Yes, he said, we should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then she saw the fruit. Did it look good? And Satan, through the serpent, put a spin on what God had said to give a justification for ignoring it. He knows that in the day you eat of it, you're not going to surely die. You're going to be like him. Isn't that really our issue? That's the authority crisis. We will be like him. He, Satan, wanted humankind to take upon themselves the same arrogance of claiming godhood or equality with God that he had already embraced, that caused him to be cast out. That's our problem, my friends. At bottom line, it's an authority crisis. This is the reason, please listen very carefully, this is the reason why the Bible says over and over and over again in different ways that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We have not only lost the fear of the Lord, we have abandoned it hook, line, and sinker. And that's why a few years ago, I believe the Holy Spirit moved upon my heart to write a book called The Secret of the Lord. 
It's based on Psalm 2514, out of which came a such a revelation of our time. The secret of the Lord is with them who fear him, and to them, only them, will he manifest his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them who fear him. Not those who just recognize that there's a God. Not those who just recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. No. It's much deeper than that. In fact, the Apostle Paul, some people will say, oh, it's just a matter of respect. No, it's not just a matter of respect. The Apostle Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He didn't say knowing the respect of the Lord. He said knowing the terror of the Lord, because it's not enough just to respect, well, he's God. Okay, most people believe in God. They just don't believe him. That's our problem. We diss what he says, so in effect, we don't treat him as God. Therefore, our foolish minds and hearts become increasingly darkened. We may not embrace the LGBTQ agenda, but we may embrace divorce and remarriage when Jesus called it adultery. Oh, why did you have to go there? Friends, that's the number one manifested sin of arrogancy, revealing we don't fear God in the Christian church today. There's nothing even close. There hasn't been anything close for a good 50 years. You see, we've got a problem. We have an authority crisis in God's own house, from pulpit to pew. Did you know that every promise of God in the Bible, every promise of God is predicated on the the fear of the Lord, every single one, including salvation itself. If you don't truly fear God, you will not be converted you will not truly confess your sin and walk away from it because you don't feel the need to. You don't fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the whole picture. It's the beginning. God doesn't want us to hang around in uh, shaking terror all the time. But we have to come to a place of recognition that he is God, and there ain't none other. It's like Jonathan Edwards there uh, back in the First Great Awakening when he preached that sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. You know where he got that from? The book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12 which concludes with these words, for our God is a consuming fire. When was the last time you heard that preached? You see, our problem is we selectively believe what we want to believe. 
That is the the consummate problem of our age, and it's getting more and more difficult because that which God hates is being approved by people and their institutions, including the church and its pastors and parachurch leaders. This is a dangerous thing. Now, I want to make available to you this book called The Secret of the Lord. It's a hardbound book. Uh, it's a $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. I tell you, if you read this book from the heart, it will change everything in your life. It's going to open your eyes not only to that which we have missed, but that which lies ahead that God wants to bring a fulfillment of his promises and purposes in your life. There are 21 chapters. I I, I have tears in my eyes. I'm, I'm barely able to hold them back right now because I know that this is what God's people need to hear. No matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, you need to hear this. You need to come to grips with the fear of the Lord because it is that that is being crucified in our country, in our churches, in our families, in our world. You want to know why there's so much dissing of obedience in our homes? You want to know why there is such... Uh, lawlessness in the streets. It's because of the abandonment of the fear of the Lord. And if you don't fear God, you're going to fear man, and you're going to fear man increasingly. You're going to fear man's government increasingly, because government will become God. So we have to stop fighting God, friends, or we're going to be fighting government as God. It's a battle for dominion. We're either going to voluntarily come under God's dominion and agree with his viewpoint, stop calling the things that he says he hates as a myth. When Jesus said, whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery, and whoever marries one so divorced commits adultery, what do you say? What did your pastor say? What does your parachurch leader say? What do your Christian friends say? Are they seducing you to follow the cultural mandate that says do what you want, whatever feels good? We've got an authority crisis, friends. We don't fear God. And he's not coming back. Christ is not coming back for a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. You know that. Don't you? This is serious, friends. The book, Secret of the Lord, on our website, $15. A life-giving book. Laying the foundation for the fulfillment of all of God's promises in ways that perhaps you have never experienced. The website, saveus.org, saveus.org. 
Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check and $5 of postage and handling. The secret of the Lord. The hidden truth that defines your destiny. Now, believe it or not, in the U.K., the House of Lords voted 242 to 158 on Monday to introduce a new amendment that would make misogyny a hate crime in England and Wales. Here go the hate crimes again. If misogyny was made a hate crime, judges would be given the ability to hand down harsh punishments to those convicted of prejudice against women. What does it mean to be prejudiced against women? You see, the problem, the devil is in the details. What this is doing is turning God's created order upside down. That's how it will be interpreted and how it will be laid out. If you say, as the Bible portrays, that the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, you will be deemed a misogynist. From the liberals' viewpoint, that's prejudicial against women. If you say that the husband is to be head of the home, you have, in effect, said, from their viewpoint, you have taken a negative view toward women of misogyny, and therefore, you may be subject to prosecution. Are you beginning to get the picture? And now, the latest report is that 19 federal agencies are spying on Americans with religious exemptions related to COVID. Why are they doing that? Why are they collecting these lists of Christians? It doesn't take a Philadelphia lawyer to figure it out, does it? Persecution is coming. It's coming in different ways than we would normally have expected. But friends, if we don't get our own act together and agree with God, this crisis, this authority crisis, is going to come down in ways that you and I never, ever expected. So people get ready. Jesus is coming soon. We'll be coming home. God bless. Be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.